Hello, friends. This is the AlphaList podcast. I am your host, Toby. The goal of the AlphaList podcast is to empower CTOs with the info and insight they need to make the best decisions for their company. We do this by hosting top thought leaders and picking their brains for insights into technical leadership and tech trends. If you believe in the power of accumulated knowledge to accelerate growth, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Plus, if you're an experienced CTO, you will love the discussion happening in our Slack space where over 600 CTOs are sharing insights or visit one of our events. Just go to alphalist.com to apply. This episode is proudly presented by OfferZen. OfferZen is a specialized developer job platform that helps 2,000 plus companies to hire remote developers and on-site developers across Europe and Africa in 16 plus countries. Companies get instantly matched with developers who are vetted for skills. Companies see profiles with upfront candidates information like skills, salary and visa requirements and reach out directly to developers from there on the platform. A developer is hired on OfferZen every six hours. Listeners of AlphaList can get exclusive deals to jumpstart their developer hiring by heading to OfferZen.com slash partners slash AlphaList. Welcome to the Alphalist Podcast. I am your host, Toby. And today with me is, let's say, an e-commerce tech giant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's Aaron Spohr. Um, I uh, pronounce it very German, uh, as we're both from Germany. Um, and uh, he is the CTO of Flaschenpost, uh, which is one of the I would say one of the bigger success for stories, or if not the biggest success stories, if you look at the, the exit volume of 1 billion to Dr. Oetker uh, in the last years. Um, so, yeah, thanks for being my guest here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe we before we talk about, uh, I don't know, uh, drink delivery and so on, um, you can tell us a bit more, like how you got into that. Like, what a what is your what is your story? How did you become a, a nerd? Uh, oh yeah, so I, I guess this applies to um, many nerds actually out there. Uh, it started in my childhood. Yeah, so I started with a Commodore sixty four when I was like eight or nine years old. I had my first uh, uh, modem to go uh, online with that Commodore sixty four. Uh, that was when I was eleven ninety three. Um, and uh, at the time, there was something called BTX, uh, uh, which was like a proprietary system by uh, Deutsche Telekom or Bundespost at the time. Not so sure. But uh, yeah, that's how I got online at the time. So it was no internet. But uh, yeah, so that's how I started. And um, I don't know um, <laughs> if you have that in your notes, but there was one more thing I did with Deutsche Telekom later on when I was a little older. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. If you if you Google your name, you you see like uh, something crazy from the nineties popping up. 
Yes. Uh, you 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 hack, hack Deutsche Telekom or what? Yes. Um, so um, I mean, first of all, I'm glad that the internet wasn't that big at the time in '98. It was there, but it was not as big as today. Otherwise, there would be so much uh, evidence <laughs> today of what happened. Um, and I also have to say, uh, today you wouldn't have been uh, Blumentopf with uh, what I did at the time. But uh, what happened was, um, I was 16 years old, and at the time you were able to uh, download and install uh, special software from Deutsche Telekom uh, you would install on your on your uh, on your yeah PC basically it was a desktop application like a client application with yeah, well, internet explorer the, the, backed the, in the, and stuff the like kind that. of stuff you had to install to 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 go online and the software asked you to save your credentials as in your password and your login data and you could even save um, your online banking uh, data like the tons and stuff like that you used at the time so crazy mm-hmm. stuff and they took that data and they kind of encrypted did it and stored it on your hard disk drive. And uh, I found out that um, the encryption is very weak. Of that, that it was data. only kind of <laughs> encrypted. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was obfuscated. I would say it was an obfuscation, and you could change uh, just a few bytes in the um, in the configuration file or actually in the executable file, and then um, this software would uh, decrypt uh, any. Um, yeah, configuration uh, you would give her um, and would tell you the credentials of of anyone if you have the configuration file. And in order to get the configuration file, I wrote a little Trojan horse kind of software. It was a great tool, by the way. Um, you could block advertisements with it and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, people loved it. It actually went um, on some CDs at the time and magazines and so on. But it had this little routine which would give me the configuration. And then I was able to prove, because you obviously need to prove it, that um, it's a security problem there. Yeah? And uh, yeah, I went to the press at the time and I thought, hey, this is so cool. Um, I can prove it. It's not good and so on. And I thought, it's if I do this right, it may be in the city, yeah? a computer uh, a magazine here in Germany. Yeah? And I thought, if you do that, then this is a great achievement. And it actually made the evening news. <laughs> wow. So, and uh, as I said, this kind of stuff happens on a daily basis today. Uh, it's nothing unusual, but at the time it was like a crazy story. There's this 16-year-old kid doing this to Deutsche Telekom. And uh, yeah, that's how I kind of created a brand, uh, a little brand <laughs> around myself. And just to finish that story, because it's so funny, um, is that Deutsche Telekom at the time said, okay, okay, uh, we're going to fix this problem. We're going to make it secure now. Obviously, that's that's a big claim, right? And they had like a software upgrade uh, a couple of weeks later and they changed the way they obfuscated the data, but they didn't solve the problem, obviously. And I was able to prove again, <laughs> guys, it's still a problem. So, uh, and that got a lot of media attention. And uh, that's kind of how I got like my first jobs, actually. Um, and that's how I started um, uh, uh, back, back at the day, basically. So, but Telecom didn't offer you a job. No, they. Uh, the best thing they offered was uh, to beta test uh, their software, <laughs> um, which uh, wasn't it's exciting. That, it, yes, <laughs> it wasn't that appealing. Actually, if they've done their job right, then they should have offered me at least like a trainee position or something like that. I think that would have been the right thing to do, also for the media attention, just for that, yeah, yeah. not for me, but just for that. Yeah. 
Um, but unfortunately, they didn't. Yeah. But also, that being said, today uh, we are best friends. Uh, Flashpost is a, is a big customer of uh, Deutsche Telekom. We do a lot of things with them and so on. So uh, everything is forgiven. Uh, but it's part, it's part of my history, yes. Yeah. So um, what was the first program that you, you wrote? Was that the Trojan horse or...? <laughs> So it must have been something on the uh, Commodore 64, uh, which has this beautiful um, language called BASIC. Um, and um, I vaguely remember writing like a file manager for the Commodore 64. Ooh, yeah, it, yeah. Sounds, so, sounds as if it's more than it's, yeah. 20 go to 10. It's, it's also, if you think about it, uh, I don't know why I didn't try games or something like that. But uh, yeah, I guess this is what you do when you're a 10 year old. Right, a file manager. nerdy with 10 years. Yes, yes. <laughs> very much, very much. Yes. Okay. Yeah, cool. And 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 then you worked for for Yahoo and 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 in the fashion area. And now you're you with with grocery, right? Yes. Um, what is different, or why 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 did Dr. Oetker acquire it for one billion? <laughs> well, first of all, it was a great deal, right, for both sides, right? And um, I also have to say that Dr. Oetker, um, they had um, their own venture in this area called Toast Express. And they were, um, uh, as far as I remember, they were definitely in Berlin. They were in some other cities as well. And they were in some cities where we were too. So like in Hannover, there was this, this uh, real competition going on between them and us. Uh, but they were smaller and they started later. And we were really, really far uh, when it came to beverage delivery at the time. And they really that and they thought um, or I guess this was one of the thoughts that hey we can spend more and more money with those express time trying to compete here with flush and post or we just bring them together right and uh, that's what they did and I also truly believe that they see a lot of potential in this market and um, I think um, with no doubt if you think about it it's also very interesting for them to be closer to the actual um, consumers of their products or of grocery products. Yeah, I mean, that's like the key problem of most FMCG brands as well, right? Yeah. That you yes. kind of want to close the loop, but you can't. Um, yes. Okay. Okay. And how do you compare to all the like huge loss-making machines like Gorillas? Um, why Why does your model work and, and, uh, and their model potentially not so much? I think we uh, there are many reasons. I think, first of all, we had a little more time to prepare. And uh, we had this um, great um, benefit, actually, that we were able to start with beverages only. Beverages are th so thankful when it comes to many things, including processes and so on. Um, and uh, they have another huge advantage. I mean, first of all, when you do beverages... Um, It's a lot of work for people to um, actually buy your beverages at a Getränke Markt in Germany. You have to carry all these things yeah, and you have to carry them home. Maybe you uh, live in an old house where there is no lift or no elevator. You have to carry these things. So um, that, uh, first of all, is, is great if you say, hey, I can replace that. And I really understand it because it's really, it's, it's effort. Yeah. And um, the other thing is the deposit system and the deposit cycle in Germany, right? So um, when you... Um, 
when you drunk all the things, um, uh, all the beverages at home, and you have all these empty crates there, then um, obviously you want to get rid of them at some point in time. And the easiest thing to do is just to reorder with Flush and Post. So, and I would say we perfected this game, and we were able with this to come in a lot of households. Yeah, and we were able to establish our brand, and. Um, Based on that, we started with the groceries. So you can still order all your drinks if you want, but obviously you can also on top of that um, order your groceries. And because we have this um, this setup uh, and, and because it was this, so we had to have vans and not bicycles and things like that. We were able to handle um, yeah, large amounts and so on and so on. And we already have the contact to the customer. So um, I think this is one of the biggest advantages we basically have in the market to answer that. And the other thing is, um, if you just ask for the comparison, so what differentiates us is that um, uh, the quick commerce place, they have a small collection of things you can order. And obviously that makes sense because it's part of their business model. To be fast, you cannot choose from a few thousand products. That doesn't work, right? Uh, apart from even uh, ordering a whole crate of beer or something like that. So um, they have to be very small. And then there are those other players, um, the bigger ones you didn't mention, um, which have like a huge variety of products, but um, you can order like for next week or something like that. So and we kind of sit in the middle or we try to bring both worlds together. So we are relatively fast. We can deliver today, no problem. We can deliver in the next two hours if you want us to. But we also have this big collection of items you can order with us. So you can literally replace all the groceries you usually need to shop in a week um, with us and order that. And you have that in a short amount of time. So this is where we sit. And I think this is a very uh, nice spot plus the stability and all um, the uh, yeah, positive legacy we've built with the beverages really helps here. So beverages are like SaaS in a way, right? It's it's a it's like a subscription. <laughs> yes, it is a subscription, absolutely. And uh, imagine you would try that in another country where there was no deposit cycle. So the deposit cycle really really helps here. And obviously, um, it's not uh, even good for the business. I mean, keep in mind it's good for the environment uh, after all. Still, right? Um, that's also a good point about it. Yeah. So where? Like, tell us a bit more about your your your, your tech stack, maybe, uh, just without like further questions. Uh, <laughs> what, what, is, what, is, what is your tech stack, and and, and why is it? <laughs> the, the why is not so easy, actually. Um, but the tech stack is um, we have um, uh, Vue.js um, uh, mainly uh, on the front end side of things uh, for. Um, yeah, is it a single page application? We are still transitioning, to be honest, but this is where we want to go. And um, obviously, we also have some some uh, native apps uh, for um, iOS and for Android, but they are utilizing um, this um, single page application we have. So it's a mix, it's a hybrid. It's a container, yes, in a way. Yes, yeah. it's a hybrid. So some some features are native, and some some come actually from the from the web view. And uh, so that's on the front end side of things, and uh, on the back end, uh, we mainly have, with some exceptions, um, .NET uh, or C-sharp, if you will. And uh, this is something um, which I find really interesting because um, the last time I came in touch with uh, .NET uh, and C-sharp was like, I don't know, 15 years ago or so when it came out, I remember vaguely, and that was a different world because people then at the time, I think, used it to create desktop applications and stuff like that. And um, you wouldn't normally think about using that 
uh, or I, 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 I definitely didn't think about using that to create like, like uh, e-commerce and a service-oriented architecture and these kind of things. And uh, when I joined uh, Flash and Post uh, about three years ago, um, uh, I saw this. Uh, the decision was already made to build everything in there. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I had a look and um, I actually was pleasantly surprised because um, C-sharp is a, is a beautiful syntax. It's very easy to learn. It's very easy to understand, I find. And um, uh, you can even, <laughs> most importantly, uh, with uh, .NET, you can compile to Linux and then you can dockerize everything and then you can use Kubernetes. With Mono, uh, the Mono or was it called Mono? Is, I think is no I think so. I'm not the yeah. expert there, yeah. but I think it. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, and 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 it's it's stable. It works really well, uh, regardless of how complex your project is. Yeah, because I thought, ah, oh, it's like those things. Yeah, you use it, but then ah, oh, it's too complex, or you're using this weird library here and there. No, it just works, and uh, we are doing this very successfully. And uh, uh, it's really cool. So the why um, is, well, to answer the why, it was there and um, um, we didn't change it because we thought, hey, actually, no, you know what? It's good. It's great. And uh, we can work with it and we can even help people if they don't have experience with .NET uh, and C Sharp, we can even help them um, to um, be productive very, very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's type safe, it's yes. object oriented, uh, easy to read, a bit like Java, I guess, right? Yes, uh, it is, it is, it is similar. Absolutely. It is similar. You have, um, uh, so my Java knowledge is also a, a, a bit old, but um, you have a lot of freedom. You don't have so many constraints. And this is actually quite important to me because I, um, I, I, I'm kind of a script kiddie, I would say. I love to hack things. Um, this is why some people hate me in the organization, uh, in a good way though. <laughs> but sometimes I just hack things and say, hey, you see, it's working um, uh, to prove a point. But um, I thought, okay, um, yeah, as a script kiddie, um, C Sharp is probably not the right choice. Uh, you would probably still need something like Python, Node.js, something like that. Um but you know what? Uh, it's actually pretty cool. It's awesome. It works. And um, to having um, things uh, in a typed uh, manner, uh, you can actually hack even faster. <laughs> so, uh, it's good fun. I can I can recommend it still uh, every now and then I do stuff. Uh, and you don't need to write tests and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, because I don't have the time anyway. But <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. It's 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 hacky, but I always, for some reason, I always thought you cannot use it to create uh, some kind of hack, but you can, uh, and it, it works pretty well. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's also like not not a very common setup for like a like, let's say, typical. I mean, you're not from Berlin; you're from Münster, but like one of those typical startups, right? It's you wouldn't go for .NET uh, straight away. Uh, if you don't have like a Windows application or stuff like that. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, I guess. Uh, but maybe this is old thinking. Yeah, maybe the two of us are just too old. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. maybe we're too old. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I agree with you. That would have been my thought too. Uh, but um, if you ask me, I can really recommend it. It's a very clean language. You have a huge ecosystem. It's so easy to get into. You have tons of books you can use. Um, uh, I think it's really good. And keep in mind, you can compile to Linux. That's, to me, one of the most important things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and plus, like, what else? I mean, Kubernetes, I think you mentioned. Yes, um, yes. So, yeah, but it sounds relatively simple, right? Is it? Is it, 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 is it that simple? <laughs> 
Well, the setup um, uh, the, or the tech stack itself is probably simple because this is this is the kind of stuff we are using. I said we have some exceptions. Um, uh, one exception is with our uh, PIM system that's actually based on PHP. So we have a little PHP team there. But since everything is service-oriented, it actually doesn't matter so much that they're on a different uh, stack there. Uh, we can we can work with that. And um, when, <laughs> when we come to the data science, uh, things obviously there's Python, um, but there's also something called Julia. Julia is uh, a mathematical, uh, heavy kind of language. Um, I never got my head around uh, to to really look into it, but we have uh, one of our algorithms um, uh, is actually written in Julia, so that's like uh, probably the best fit for the kind of stuff we are doing there. Okay. Um, yeah, coming coming to the the, the complexity yes. or the core of your <laughs> the core of your of your business layer, let's say, right? Yes. I mean, we, yes. we 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 spoke before about like business versus tech layer, and that you'd like ideally spend lots of time in the business layer, yes, and and create value, yes. Like, where do your people create value, and what makes your problem complex? Maybe yes. I mean. Uh, just just ordering drinks online doesn't sound so complex for lots of people, I guess, but it is. It's but it's good. It's good that it's not complex because we don't want it to be complex for the customer, obviously, right? But uh, it's a it's a really good point. Um, um, as you uh, mentioned earlier, um, I did pure e-commerce uh, projects before, right? Um, I was in fashion. I did furniture and stuff like that. And um, uh, the main part there is 80% is, hey, there is this web shop and you need to connect to your warehouse and stuff like that. And they need to fulfill stuff and so on. But it's actually the web shop and you need to be online, right? With the business we have here, it's so much more complex. Obviously, we need to have a working and a really good online shop where you can order things. Well, this is only one part of the whole journey because all the logistics happening in the background, uh, there is this this trip planning thing, which is this uh, Julia written thing. Um, uh, there is um, a ton of stuff which needs to happen in the warehouse itself. So um, the software used in the warehouse uh, and what to pick and these kind of things. This is all custom-made stuff uh, we created. So you need to have that. Then uh, the software the driver is using is also custom uh, uh, application uh, we created. All this needs to be working and it needs to be working all the time. So it cannot, you cannot have an outage here. And it has, has to right. work offline and stuff like that. Exactly. Right? So you have, you have all that. And then also uh, what you have to keep in mind is we have 20,000 or more than 20,000 employees, uh, mostly obviously drivers and warehouse workers, but that's huge. So you need systems also to manage this workforce. So we have like shift systems and so on. And, um, you know, we want to be an attractive uh, employer to those people as well. So you can change your shift if you want to. And we have systems for that. You can just log in and check, oh, when is my next shift? Or oh, I need to cancel. I need to move. Or oh, I'm going to switch with this guy here and so on. You can do all these things and they need to be in place, obviously. There's also, obviously, again, data science involved in all of these steps. And um, these are all the systems which need to be up and running all the time in order to um, actually do our business and then also keep in mind that every uh, warehouse we have, um, we have uh, at least 34 at this point in time, um, every warehouse needs to be redundantly connected to the internet and to our systems too. So <laughs> you have that 
uh, as well, uh, which is something you typically don't have this problem with a pure e-commerce website. But here you have, and an outage of 10 minutes is already a, a huge problem because we have this promise of two hours. So if some system doesn't work for just 10 minutes, then you already lose 10 minutes of our promise. Not good, right? So uh, the so th this the overall system is huge. <laughs> so there is there is definitely uh, complexity. Yeah, and, and like um, the driver software, that's I guess like. Android or yes. is that and, and that they it, use those Zebra devices, right? Those, those professional exactly, scanners. exactly. That's what they are using. So they have Zebra devices, and uh, there's an Android system on it, and the app um, is uh, um, is written in. Um, that's actually a good question. Um, Java or something? No, no, no. It's even worse. Um, it's um, it's this um, uh, Microsoft thing, Xamarin. Xamarin. Ah, Xamarin. And yeah. this is this is being ported to uh, Microsoft Maui or something. Thing, or this is at least what Microsoft wants to happen. Um, yeah, obviously we have to look at it and see does that still fit to what we are doing. Um, at some point in time, we thought, hey, it's good. It's the same tech stack and everything. You can reuse things. But then uh, probably a lot of people would agree. Then in most cases, yeah, but this kind of stuff you can reuse is actually not that much. Is it really worth it uh, to have such a unusual tech stack here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's <laughs> it's actually one of the uh, crazier things we have. Um, the, I have to say, to, to make this picture complete, the picking apps and these kind of things, the warehouse workers are using, they are um, uh, written um, uh, in Kotlin uh, for Android. Um, so there, there we are, a little more modern, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> um, so with, with 20,000 people, you're then also like Europe's biggest gym, I would say. Like I'm, yeah. I always feel very <laughs> sorry if like, Uh, like a poor guy has to has to climb up all the stairs to my flat uh, at night, uh, which often happens. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. You I, don't need a gym anymore. I, I, I hope you give the drivers. It, still, still, I hope you give a good tip. I yeah, do. So I do. I do. <laughs> good. So yeah, then, then I know a little more about the complexity of tech. You mentioned that like the warehouses have to be like redundantly connected. Is that like? 4G or 5G or is it uh, like fiber? Or yeah, uh, it depends. It depends. It's different from, from warehouse to warehouse. So um, in some cases, it is actually 5G or is LTE as the backup. And the main line is um, ideally is uh, fiber optics. Uh, but in some places, you can't get that. You, you have to see that in some places, we have this, this, this huge hall Uh, where we can put all our stuff in. But then when it comes to connectivity, you have those old copper lines there lying around. That's all you get. Okay, so then it has to be DSL and it has to be um, some some 5G or LTE uh, uh, backup there. Um, and that's how we do it. But we really try to get fiber optics wherever we can here. Yeah. Um, one thing there, your, where your business could fail in the future uh, would potentially be uh, del drone delivery, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that ne never will come for flash and post. <laughs> but but if so, then I think we are in a good position to just uh, offer that as well, actually. Because keep in mind, you need to have the warehouses and everything. You need to have like a place where the drones start from, right? Um, we could we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the question is just if you can carry all that, that heavy weight. I don't um, know if that's going to be even ever legal in Germany. So. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Me neither. So, but coming back to, to, to business yes. versus tech yes, layer. Yes, yes, like, good point. Where, where do you, like your people ideally spend their time um, and, and how do you manage to, 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 to make sure they do? 
So um, there, there are many, many interesting points in this uh, question. So maybe, um, first of all, I, I think I um, kind of mentioned that, but um, Flush Report started um, with building actually almost everything by itself. Yeah. So whatever service you need, everything was built from scratch and um, by itself, which um, is something you can do. And I think it's fine, especially if you don't know where your business is heading, so you're flexible and so on. Uh, I think that was at the time the right decision which was made. But today we see that there is a lot of legacy we have to deal with and we have to handle with. And um, obviously a lot of time is also spent there. And um, so, or to be more clear on things which don't have an effect on the customer or no immediate effect, yeah? uh, no direct effect. And uh, this is something we are learning right now that we are saying, hey, you know what? For instance, the shopping cart in our web shop is something we always had on our list. Let's refactor this. This is such a nice project. It's so much fun. We have so many great ideas. But to be honest, this is something the end consumer, the customer would never recognize, would never realize that we did that. And um, uh, we would be happy and obviously the, the system would be cleaner, more stable, and maybe the development would be faster in the future, which is still a good investment. However, the question here is, do we really need to build something like this ourselves or can we just buy it? Because Flush and Post will never be mentioned in the media as in, hey, they are so successful because they created the card service themselves. Uh, no way. Yeah. So, and this is one of the decisions we just took recently, actually, um, to uh, buy a component for the shopping cart and use that uh, even as a software as a service. So we don't even need to host it and everything. And um, I'm quite happy with that. And this is a transition um, we, are, we are doing right now. A colleague of mine just recently said, hey, but Aaron, this is like a paradigm change to Flashbox. I said, maybe it's not that big, but we should look at all the places where we can do that. Because this means if we um, have less to do on things the customer cannot even see, um, we can move those resources back to, yeah, I, I call it the business layer, where actually uh, you do have a positive effect on the customer and where the customer can see, hey, something changes here. And this I find really, really important. And I think this is really, um, I would even say a problem in, 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 in a lot of companies that um, we try to reinvent the wheel so many times. And I think this is not good and we shouldn't do that. Okay. And so you're using like some sort of a headless e-commerce shop now or? Yeah, I, I, I can tell you actually, we, we chose uh, commerce tools. Okay. Um, uh, we had a, a, a phase of uh, validating this and trying things out and talking to them. And we even challenged them with some interesting requests and questions we had. But um, uh, overall, um, we concluded, hey, this makes sense and we should do this. And we decided for them. And um, we also figured out that, hey, no way we're going to do like a big bang and transfer everything over. We don't even know if you want to do that, uh, like everything. So uh, we um, said, hey, we need a plan. And the shopping cart is definitely one of those things we always wanted to have like brand new. Plus, um, it's um, actually a very good starting point because from there you can move on. You can think about other things you may want to migrate or maybe not, really depending on um, yeah, how much um, we need there and how much uh, is, yeah, is, is actually really needed. But a card is a card. Um, there is nothing very specific. Uh, not Normally even there's nothing, nothing, yes. nothing fancy about it. Like the only 
um, reason against it from my perspective, like, uh, I mean, first it, it sounds like much nicer than managing it all on your own, but in a way you introduce like an external dependency and, yeah. uh, that can come with like many downsides as well. <clears throat> I mean, it yes. always has to be available and yes. uh, like, that's like technical reasons, like availability. Yes. yes. And then also commercial reasons, like. I don't know, uh, like one, one typical thing, like if a private equity company yes. buys a SaaS tool, then it typically increases the prices by 100%, right? Yes, and yes. So you need a good contract. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to negotiate well for these, for these cases, SLAs, and also what happens after the uh, minimum uh, contract length and stuff like that. That's definitely one thing uh, I, can, I can recommend. And the other thing is that, I mean, you're right. The other thing I would see is vendor login. It's like, hey, you're really dependent on them. What if, if they don't exist anymore or whatever? Um, but you also gain something by migrating to something like this because you have to keep in mind they have a clean API because they have to. It's their product, right? Mm -hmm. And when we have to adopt everything on this clean API they're offering and which is well documented and everything, then this is already a win because we start to separate what is actual business logic from actual core logic. Because today in the legacy we have, I can tell you it's a big mix. You mm -hmm. cannot separate it. Mm -hmm. You cannot separate the core from the business logic. And mm -hmm. that's bad. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. is what makes us slow today. And just by doing this exercise, moving there, we have to um, yeah, separate that out. We have to create a very thin and clean business layer, which is using these APIs. So, and if for some reason, after some point, we say, hey, um, this doesn't work for us anymore, then we know exactly what we need to build because we have the API specs. And then we have this clean separation. About just so you could, just for that, you could implement. That. You could implement you the could, server side yourself. You uh, could theoretically yeah. uh, implement it yourself, um, but maybe they make a good offer, and you say, "Hey, you know what? We stay." Yeah, and uh, that's their business model. And I think this is fair. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying. But even even then, even if you move back and say, "Hey, we only need half of it. Let's create it our own." Um, uh, no worries, because you did this clean separation. That already is an exercise really worth it. Mm -hmm. But through .NET and Vue, you already had like kind of a clean separation, I, I assume at least. Or yes, 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 yes. So uh, obviously, front end and back end was was separated. Yeah, and um, that that already was a good layer. But um, you have to keep in mind when you have like uh, so many different services in the background. And coming back to this card example again, then there is a mixture again, still of business logic mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. card as well as core logic and uh, it makes the whole code base uh, a lot bigger than just having the business logic. So is then your, your theory if you fully um, migrate over to, to commerce tools that you don't have to focus on the backend that much anymore, but you can focus on optimizing the tools, obviously. Like that, that I guess, is like where you can win the most, right? If you can yeah. make... I don't know, 20,000 workers, like 10% more efficient. That would be great. 10% <laughs> would be massive. 10% would be massive. Um, so, um, uh, but uh, here, fair point again, uh, I was just talking about the web shop, um, 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 but um, it would definitely help. I think it's so important uh, that the resources you have, you use them wisely and you use them as much as you can on business stuff, which really makes a difference for you and which, really uh, define what your company does um, and uh, with the with the workers and with the drivers if we just find a way to optimize um, one minute per driver per day that's huge 
that's that's a that's really that's that's a whole thing on its own that's that's massive and this is why we invest a lot there this is where the data science comes in this is where the trip planning comes in the trip planning is so um <laughs> it is complex uh, but in a good way yeah but there are so many parameters going into that just to optimize really just like the last minute of the driver and make it more efficient because it's a huge lever it's a huge mm -hmm. lever and mm -hmm. if it was 10% i tell you uh, if you know how to do it i, I better take you with me <laughs> so <laughs> have a look but uh, 10% uh, no way we are we are i think optimizing uh, after some 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 digits um behind the comma uh, at the moment, but still, this is so so worth it. Yeah. And and you you then also have like I don't know a north star metric for the team optimizing the 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 driver the, the drivers or the the, the tours and, and so on. So that that is like your main optimization area, or is the web shop? I mean, I can imagine like the front end of the web yes. shop is then like a bit more of secret sauce, and there you do A/B testing, and then yes. you do tour testing. Yes. And, okay. So there, there's there's many places. Um, I think this is where where your original question actually was. So there are many places where you can make a difference um, and uh, actually can improve the business. Obviously, I mean all those basics. I would say, as you just mentioned, A/B testing and so on in the web shop. Yes, definitely. But then optimizing our algorithms and our processes in the warehouse, right? And how can things be uh, put together and um, also the software all our workers are using. Just if we, if we improve the UX um, of the applications we've built there, uh, just a little bit, just by moving a button further to the top or something like that. And mm -hmm. if this is 30 seconds per day for a warehouse worker, awesome, mm -hmm. really good, mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, what what makes it so interesting. Yeah, and we have similar similar things uh, when it comes to uh, yeah managing the workforce with, with 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 the shifts or how we how we process the invoices stuff like that. Uh, obviously, big part of that are, are basic things you obviously need to do. But um, those those are the places where you can where you can really um, still further optimize and get something out of it, especially the processes and how they are connected to the IT. And and, and how do you like in the real world? How do you measure the workers? I mean, do you have someone for mirroring? I mean, yeah, sorry, no, not not the measurement of <coughs> mm -hmm. like the individual, but how do you measure the effectiveness of the of the process? Do you do like mirroring with them, like? Do, do you sometimes go with a worker on tour and uh, just write down what, what he's doing or she's doing? Or Actually, yes. Um, my next appointment is um, uh, Monday uh, next week, actually, to do exactly that and see how, how it's going. And a lot of people from the leadership team do that uh, from time to time, yeah, yeah. which is really, really important also to listen to them um, because obviously they use all this stuff on a daily basis so they can let you know, hey, how, how are things doing? Apart from that, obviously, we have product teams and product managers and they are talking there as well. But I think it's really important that you do this undercover boss thing, but not undercover. Uh, they know who you are um, uh, with them on a regular basis. So this is one part. And the other part is the data. So whatever happens um, in the warehouse, every step uh, is, is, is obviously being recorded. Um, obviously, uh, GDPR compliant. Uh, to be fair, non-PII. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, but obviously, um, it's uh, we we don't know who who is it. We just yeah. have this this whole bunch of data, and we can see even if we tried something out a little bit here, a little bit there, we can see did that have a positive impact on the overall effectiveness or not. And since we are so big with so many workers, um, you can actually get. Um, 
interesting results relatively fast. This is also a big advantage. Imagine you only have like five workers. This will take forever to find out. Yeah. And in the front end, um, and then coming back to the shop, you then do A-B testing and stuff like that? Or do you want to do that? Um, like, I mean, I know you're up for a while, so I'm not ah, okay. sure if you really do it. <laughs> ah, interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. Um, so we do A-B testing, but we could and we should do a lot more, to be to be uh, totally and brutally honest here. And um, uh, also, to be fair, we, we struggled a little bit with the app here and there. Um, I think we, we, we are on the right path right now. But um, uh, yeah, no, no, no. We definitely do A/B testing, and sometimes this is the thing. Sometimes you just don't see it. Yeah. So sometimes it's just about um, the order um, of the items and how they are placed. And it's just about the rank uh, they have. Sometimes it's other smaller things. Yeah. And sometimes it's even bigger things. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we find out, and this is actually quite interesting, that um, people get used to what they had all the time. And um, if you want to introduce a change, um, uh, people don't like it. Yeah, and yeah. you have to either so you wait. Shouldn't, shouldn't yeah. measure straight away. Yeah, 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 exactly. You need to wait. You need to wait. And uh, this is quite interesting. This is quite interesting. So we had some really great ideas, and um, uh, even after a long period of time, we figured actually people for some reason don't want it. Um, should we do it? Mm, maybe not. Really depends on uh, what it is. Yeah. Um. I remember me like using your app for for a while, and there were like some small glitches uh, yes. every once in yes. a while. Like I, th yes. I think like even once I wasn't able to order, or I had to reinstall the app or something something crazy. Where you uh, you were forced to an upgrade, I guess. And then, no, Did it tell I, you that? I think I I deinstalled. I had to deinstall it because oh, really? it was not showing anything anymore. <laughs> Holy. And that like also leads me to a question: like you're using like uh, a container and like a progressive yes. web yes. app in a way. Are you happy with that or would you go another way if you could decide like as of today? I mean, like most of your transactions will be app-based. Um, yeah. So do you regret having a web application only or do you think it's good? Um, be honest. <laughs> yeah, let me let me think about it. So if we would start from scratch, then I would start mobile first and just do that. And then I guess it would be purely native, Yeah. Mm -hmm. to be fair. But um, we have, um, and we started with the desktop version. So um, that's that's a fact, and people still use that a lot, especially in offices um, for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so we have to maintain it. So and um, the problem uh, we had because we tried other approaches as well um, to have the app still purely um, native and everything, but the problem was that since we were doing so many A/B tests and other things uh, with the way we present the items, how we present the prices, is it strikes through and stuff like that, all those different things. Um, it was um, a lot of work for the app team actually to catch up with what was happening um, on uh, yeah in the other teams uh, with the web shop. So we figured, okay, um, that doesn't make sense because they always need to re-implement the same stuff, they're behind and so on. So we figured, okay, let them use basically the same the same uh, yeah web view basically here yeah and to be fair i think it's just another way of representing um or generating a view of of the, of the same stuff so I, from a technical point of view i find it very fair and i would if you have to have a desktop version i would definitely do it again yeah uh, what i'm not so happy with is um the way you can integrate that in your app because that is tricky. You need to find a way to communicate between the native app or the container, if you just call it the container with the web app and so on. 
And um, that's even more tricky than initially thought, to be honest. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, now, um, uh, and we may have a, a, a few bucks here and there still, yes. Um, um, but I would uh, definitely stick to this strategy. Mm -hmm. I also think that like as of today, like for an e-commerce store, um, I would absolutely do the same, right? I don't know about Gorillas, for example. I also think it's a, it's a web view. Um, in, in, like for most cases, it's just enough, right? I mean, it's just mm. information, like delivering information, showing showing articles, showing showing items, yes. and and rendering. And I mean, the web is kind of okay with rendering, right? Exactly. Like a browser is it's okay for rendering. For this. Yes. And and then like there are so many tools for A/B testing and so on. So uh, I think, like maybe it's because I'm from the web, but. Um, <laughs> and yes, Flutter is a nice framework. Yes, yes. And there are so many nice frameworks out there for for mobile. But in a way, you're like implementing the same same thing twice, right? Or exactly, like, exactly. Three I, times. Like if you if you do different apps for Android and and, and iOS, it's like not worth it. I, I I fully agree with you, and I think hey, if you think about it, um, because you could you could have a discussion with your developers, and they'd say hey, you know what, we should have some kind of descriptive language so that we can render it natively and we can render it on the web, and then. And if you take that two steps further, you end up with HTML. Yeah, for HTML. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is the point, right? But it has to work. Um, it has to work well, obviously, and you shouldn't feel it. So the app should feel like an app. I, mm -hmm. I fully agree with that, and I think we uh, achieve that in some in some parts, definitely. But I give you another example, actually, in terms of flexibility. Um, um, PayPal um, was offline the other week. So they had a problem. I don't know if you uh, realized that they were offline with um, the uh, PayPal Express checkout. And this is what we are using as well. They were offline like for six or seven hours. Wow. So crazy stuff, right? Globally. I mean, really serious, serious problems. So, and what did we do? We um, created something in Google Tag Manager, which would um, phase out the, the PayPal button and would explain to our customers, hey, PayPal has some problems. Please don't click here. Use some of the other payment methods. And uh, it was implemented in, in 10 minutes or so with the Google Tag Manager. And obviously, because of that, it was um, visible in the app and on the web shop mm. right away. Mm, mm. And that was great. And this is to me like like one of those great advantages you have if you have that on one platform and not like, oh yeah, but for the app, I don't know what we do for the app. It was never intended to have something like that for the app. And on the web, you can just hack that in with some JavaScript and yeah, it will happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you first have to change some Flutter code and release it to an, to an app store, it, it would, wouldn't have worked yes, out. Yes, right? you, you could create a release, but the, but the review by the app store... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could break. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, for for everything like A/B testing and so on, it, it must be better. Uh, and as of today, yeah, I think like the web really evolved, right? I, I remember like that once, like Facebook did the, the, the like really a huge um, push forward in moving like their native app to 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 web. And they, like, I think Mark Zuckerberg personally wrote about it, that it was like a huge mil billion dollar mistake and so on. That's also 10 years ago, I would say. Mm, and, mm, um, yes. and maybe Facebook is a bit of a special case as it's like more, uh, more responsive in a way, but like more kind of an, a real native case, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. While like e-commerce maybe is not. Yeah, and especially when it comes to groceries. I mean, this is like, hey, I want to buy this. It's very, I mean, it's very simple. You want to get to 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 the point where you just, just place want the to order, right? Buy the same bottles again. Yes, <laughs> yes. Ideally, yes. Right. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that also, like, um, I think one area where you can win a lot is then CRM. Uh, but that's maybe more in the marketing teams, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That you kind of remind me to that that my bottles are almost uh, at the... The, the bottle prediction tells you that my bottles are always empty and that I have to order new ones and yeah I hope it's I hope it's working well and it does fit uh, we have to do the same thing for groceries though it's like hey your cheese is empty yeah okay okay that's, that's, <laughs> it's more complicated that's that's, that's harder um so we 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 touched the 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 app fail, um, but but before you told me that there was like a, one very funny uh, tech fail a while ago, oh. which I liked. Um, can you <laughs> tell me a bit more about that? Um, it's it's very simple. So if you visit flashandpost.de, right, um, we're gonna ask you for your zip code in order to find out if he can actually deliver to you, right? And um, we also have uh, this this little shop called Bevbox.de. This is where we um, send liquor. Um, via via mail via Deutsche Post uh, to uh, yeah entire of Germany basically so and uh, when you go on flashpost.de you type in your zip code and um, uh, you may find out hey flashpost we are not delivering to you and obviously to save this customer who was very interested um, we offered two things so you could either um, sign up and say hey be notified uh, when we deliver to your area that's one thing and the other thing is then hey but in the meantime. Don't you want to have a look here in our liquor store, Bevbox.de, right? So, and um, so far, so good. Yeah, It's like, hey, you're disappointed, but have a drink, okay? Um, the funny thing is, we used to have a jobs uh, site uh, for open positions, um, also as part of the web shop. And um, it, it took us a couple of days to realize that this zip model uh, was actually also in place in front of this jobs portal. So imagine you are on Google and you're looking for a job and you see this one hit, hey, flush and pause, jobs, blah, blah, blah. And you click on it, you get asked for your zip code and it's like, nah, not for you. Do you want to have a drink instead? Yeah, so <laughs> so that was uh, that was a funny mistake. Uh, Sorry, we don't have a job for you, but you can still buy a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Please, it's, uh, with, 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 with best we intentions. Give you a discount. With best intentions. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, so obviously we removed that. Um, uh, and obviously no zip model is needed for uh, applying to a job. Um, but yeah, things like that happen. Uh, uh, to be fair. Okay, uh, <clears throat> so we slowly come to the end. Um, we spoke before you. You 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 have like a few good tips for for CTOs. Do you maybe have like two, two to three good tips for for the CTOs out there? Like your recent learnings, your biggest learnings in the last years. What 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 is worth sharing? Yeah. So I would say um, definitely stay in touch with tech in some way. Uh, maybe make make it a hobby or so. Maybe you can. Um, challenge your teams here and there. I mean, it hugely depends, glaube ich, on, uh, on the size of the teams you have uh, and stuff like that. Um, the, um, the other thing, um, I would say is, um, as a, as a CTO, <laughs> to be fair, don't listen to tips. Uh, <laughs> how to be a good CTO. Yes, because I can tell you why. It may it may drive you crazy, to be honest. Um, I, I had to deal with this here and then um, because the role uh, of the CTO is so individual, is so different from business to business, from your strengths, from your experience, from the colleagues, from the teams you have and everything. So it's highly individual. Um, so, um, don't get crazy. Don't listen to too many tips. Take what you think is suitable for you 
and uh, use that and um uh, yeah don't 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 try everything yeah so cto is is very different from person to person really yeah and uh that also speaks for like follow your principles and, and build a boring tech stack sometimes, right? Yeah, even, <laughs> even, even the, that. The tech world is so exciting, right? You can try a lot. Yeah, and I think I think um, maybe this this is another good point, actually. Don't try to find um, the excitement in the tech stack itself. I mean, I can understand if you do, but um, the excitement actually lies, I find, in um, realizing um, what your business needs into tech. And then it's, probably better to have something sustainable, something stable as a tech stack and not something crazy. Um, it's, I think it's, yeah. But again, <laughs> uh, CTOs differ and your strategy may be different or you may need to have a crazy tech stack because, I don't know, you need to find people or whatever reason you might have. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, sometimes you're also building like something very, very unique and special, which is yes. like... Not a web shop or yes, uh, yes, I've, or. I've I've heard that <laughs> happens too, <laughs> <laughs> but rarely it rarely happens. Yes. Um, okay, thanks a lot. Um, then um, I still have a little surprise for you. So it's a bit similar to your 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 telecom uh, event, and I, I hope soon people connect me to like the big um, secret uh, that I that I discovered and flash oh. post, which is yeah, a surprise um, I I have for you. So. If you order like uh, at Flash and Post, you have like a, a a moment where you can pick uh, like the the time of delivery. Yes, yes. Um, ah. And um, <laughs> if you if you click on that like with the inspector um, yes. in, in your Chrome browser and you change the year, um, you can actually travel in time. Um, I discovered so you just change it from. Uh, like tomorrow in the afternoon to the year 2006, which we do now. Um, and we travel back in time and, and see you working at Yahoo back then as an engineering <laughs> manager. And and we now observe like little Aaron for a while. And now you can, you have the chance to whisper something into young Aaron's ears. What would it be? Uh, I think it would be relax. Yeah. Um, uh, as I uh, mentioned before, um, sometimes um, you, you try to be the very best of yourself and even more. And I would say, yes, it's always good to be uh, very demanding of yourself. Um, that's that's fine, but um, don't overstress it. Yeah. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> Don't stress maybe, yourself. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can relate. You can. You. I think you can stress yourself, which is fine. But don't don't overdo it, right? So okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Then um, thanks a lot, Aaron. Um, have a safe trip home in the, in the on the train to to Münster, uh, which is a good trip. I heard. Yes. Yes. When, when <laughs> the train is on time, it's, it's perfect. Two hours. Two hours of uh, concentration time, or even longer if. Uh, Deutsche Bahn chooses to surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed for that. Um, and yeah, thanks a lot for visiting. Um, have a great time. Have Thank a great you. Day. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Alphalist podcast. If you like this episode, share it with friends. I'm sure they'll love it too. Make sure to subscribe so you can hear deep insights into technical leadership and technology trends as they become available. 
Also, please tell us if there is a topic you would like to hear more about or a technical leader whose brain you would like us to pick. AlphaList is all about helping CTOs getting access to the insights they need to make the best decisions for their company. Please send us suggestions to cto at alphalist.com. Send me a message on LinkedIn or Twitter. After all, the more knowledge we bring to CTOs, the more growth we see in tech. Or, as we say on AlphaList, accumulated knowledge to accelerate growth. See you in the next episode.